This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Modern Day Debate. Today, we're debating whether or not dragons existed, and we are starting right now with Benjamin's opening statement. Thanks so much, Benjamin. The floor is all yours. That. Can you hear me okay? Hey, everybody. Yes. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to share my screen now. Ready for you. All right. Um, you got it? You good? That uh, You have to hit the green oh, share oops. button. Yep. Click the one I want. Hit the share. We're good to go. Nothing's up on YouTube yet. It should Do show that. for you now, Mark. Okay. Are you able to see it here in Zoom, Mark? Yep, I can see it, but I can't see anything on YouTube on my computer. <clears throat> no problem. It's on a 30-second delay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Ready for you, Roger. Benjamin. All right. Um, did dragons exist? Uh, I'm upholding the position. Uh, yes, they did. Um Reasonably so. I think there is uh, sufficient evidence to say that they they did exist. Uh, before I really dive into the my reasons for this, I first want to lay out: Were dinosaurs dragons? Uh, mm, that should say yes. Stand by. Okay, we're just going to roll with it. Uh, because I had to change computers, my most up-to-date um, PowerPoint was not there, so my 2008 method's failing me. Were dinosaurs dragons? That should say emphatically, yes, they are. Uh, the reason for this is, uh, back in 1841, the word dinosaur was invented. Prior to the word dinosaur being invented, everything we know as a dinosaur would have been called a dragon, amongst other things, which we currently wouldn't classify as dinosaurs. To kind of further this example, right now, 2024, anything that looks like a velociraptor, I'm going to reclassify as uh, a subclass of dinosaur called a wabachu. So now we've got this group called wabachus. Uh, all wabachus are called dinosaurs. Uh, not all dinosaurs uh, were wabachus, but all dinosaurs were dragons. Not all dragons were wabachus or dinosaurs, but all dinosaurs and wabachus were called dragons. They're just subgroups. This is similar to how all cows are animals, but not all animals animals or cows with that laid out uh, the first reason that i think dinosaur or uh, that i think uh dragons existed is their cross-culture consistency globally uh across culture geography uh people groups you have uh dragons reported china japan korea mesopotamia which is iraq iran italy greece United States, Canada, Russia, Germany, Mongolia, Hungary. These are just a handful of examples, certainly not exhausted, exhausted. And what I'm going to show with this is that uh, this isn't isolated to one people group. It's not isolated to people thinking giant sea serpents existed because they were by a giant vicious ocean. Now, if we look here, Japan all the way down to Greece, particularly warm climates, typically hot. Canada down to Mongolia, typically cold. Easily accessible large bodies of water, Japan, all the way down to Greece again, near an 
large river and lake. Limited access to large bodies of water. I included China, United States, all the way down to Germany. And I included the United States because some people groups, uh, such as if you go back two or 300 years uh, to people in Colorado uh, or even uh, areas like West Virginia, they would have had very limited access back then without motor vehicles or modern transportation to large bodies of water. No access. Uh, no access to large bodies of water. Mongolia and Hungary, I just went off of modern day Mongolia and Hungary, so I can't speak for uh, how things used to be. Um, so this shows that across people, across culture, uh, across the entire world, it doesn't matter, dragons are documented. That lines up with major fossil sites currently documented. Uh, it includes all seven continents, including Antarctica, uh, all of the countries that I noted and more have major dinosaur fossil sites. And as we described, dinosaurs are just a modern classification of a subgroup of what everybody used to call dragons. Uh, reason number two, dragons are not, and that shouldn't say morphologically, it's just say anatomically exceptional, their bodies. Uh, look at this unfantastic, um, the salamander of Francis. It looks kind of like an elongated Komodo dragon or maybe a baryonyx if you want to go the dinosaur route. What about fantastic dragons? On the left, you've got the Chinese dragon. On the right, you've got the Germanic dragon. And uh, the thought here is these are just too crazy, too fantastic. Germanic dragons, huge with wings. Chinese dragons got all those horns. It looks like a snake with legs. Uh, but this is an anglerfish. Look at the size of its mouth compared to its body. Look at its eyes, its little antennas. Um, this is a fantastic creature that we have documented. These seahorses, the seahorse on the right looks like it's a plant. Uh, if you got rid of all documentation of these seahorse and said, hey, the creature on the left, there's a version of that that looks just like a plant. I'd probably say, well, that's a little odd. Do you have any proof of that? It'd be hard to believe, but we know creatures like this exist. Uh, the uh, horn build something that I forget on the left. I forget its name. My apologies. Uh, why would it have such a large horn on the top of its beak? That wouldn't make sense if, if we didn't have proof something like that existed. You wouldn't believe it. And an exceptional animal, the shoe bill, the only bird that looks, that is, has forward-facing eyes, the only bird, an exception to all the other rules. Uh, truly fantastic. And then you've got this cute creature, the platypus, which is just a conglomerate of ordinary features. you got the duckbill, you got the little paddlers, you got the claws, you got the beaver tail, it lays eggs. Uh, this is a bunch of ordinary things stuffed into one creature. So what if we take all these fantastic things we just talked about and put them into one creature? Now all of a sudden, we very reasonably have something that could look like a dragon. And my last reason, reason number three, specific examples from human records. Again, the Salamander of Francis, Pliny, Aristotle, Leonardo da Vinci either painted or depicted or described this creature. And it's a common misconception that this creature is breathing fire. It was actually, uh, this is a mythical side of it. It was actually believed to breathe in the fire or to breathe water out it was a protector from fire and now you'd say well it, it breathes fire that's a mythical thing well look at the most recent puss in boots movie that came out there was a wolf that represented death puss uh, was just a cat an ordinary house cat that wielded a sword so what do you have there you have two very ordinary creatures that we see in everyday life or some people see wolves in the mountains your cat in your house given fantastic or unrealistic powers is it unrealistic for this thing to protect us from fire probably, but it could have very realistically been a creature that existed. Marco Polo's serpent. This is a serpent that's described as having two front legs, fangs, large eyes, 
It was a belly dragger, similar to a crocodile, but it lived in caves, not in water, uh, and it would feed by the river, and when it would have to go to the river, uh, um, they would set up traps by putting spikes underneath the soil, and it would stick it and maim it, and then they would capture it. The Chinese people, the Marco Polos, would capture it, utilize it, um, make potions and medicines and stuff out of it. Uh, regardless of if any of the witch doctor or anything worked, there was a real creature these people were hunting or poaching, unless you're going to say Marco Polo was a total liar. Uh, if he wasn't a total liar, then what he was talking about was definitely not a crocodile or an alligator or a snake that we know of. Um, Job, uh, if you give the Bible any credulity, not everybody does, but it is a document written by humans. Um, Job documents the Leviathan, which is a large plated creature. I think it snorts fire. Uh, very hard to tame. Um, very, very much what we would think of as a dinosaur or dragon in modern times. And the Chinese Zodiac. It's very odd to me that the Chinese Zodiac has 11 creatures which are very practical, very reasonable, but then all of a sudden they throw in a totally mythical creature. Uh, now keep in mind, anatomically, that thing that we're seeing right here in the Zodiac could have existed. It could have worked just fine. There's no reason it couldn't have. Uh, so it's odd to me that they just decided to put something that no one actually believed in right into here uh where are they now uh, james how am i doing on time i'm at oh okay well that went quick uh exterminated out of fear this is probably least likely but think about it we've got cultures that will run off cougars lions uh whole tribes of, of monkeys because of their villages being terrorized so certainly if if there really are flying giant uh, reptilian like creatures uh, they could they could be fear, uh, frightful. You might want to kill them as a people group. Overutilized. Marco Polo, uh, the Chinese people he was with, they were taking full advantage of whatever those serpent creatures were. They certainly could have over-poached them. Overkilled for sport? That's a known thing today. Um, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate that beautiful giant elephants, uh, lions, you name it, if there's a trophy animal, people will find a way to hunt it and kill it and mount it on the wall. Uh, and it'll be a prize. So anyone back then, kings, noblemen, anything, dragons, what we know as dragons, what we think of as dragons, would have been quite the sport animal to hang on your, your mantle. And then natural selection. Uh, this is a combination of the three already mentioned, along with if a certain food supply depleted, climate change, uh, small ice ages that could have happened, anything that really could have wiped out this specific type of creature. Uh, if you don't believe in dragons, uh, if you don't believe that dragons existed, so be it. Think of all the all the animals that very reasonably we don't have a fossil record of, but they certainly could have existed. They just went extinct, and we don't have any record of them. Uh, that's that's where I'm where I'm putting dragons in this case. Um, however, keep in mind that a lot of what are dinosaurs today would have been called dragons. Uh, we don't have the privilege of saying those are dragons now because we reclassify them, and uh, we only like to think of dragons as these fantastical things. Um, James, how close am I to 10 minutes now? Okay, well, I won't need it all. So just to wrap it all up, um, I think Mark and I will agree that uh, dragons of mythology, dragons that uh, were sentient, could hold a conversation, read books. Um, I don't think those dragons exist. Uh, I'm not arguing that. A dragon, that is a god. I'm arguing for something that's just an animal like anything else, um, would have been very similar to dinosaurs, seeing as dinosaurs are a subclass of what was called dragons. 
Uh, and so with that, I think uh, I am concluded and I will stop sharing my screen. Sorry that didn't go exactly as planned. Um, my other computer needed 66 updates and is on number 32. Over to no, you, Mark. No problem. Sorry. Thank you very much for that opening. And want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, I'm your host, James, and we want to let you know this is a neutral platform for debates on science, religion, and politics, so every debater has their chance to make their case on a level playing field. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. We have many more debates coming up. And with that, thanks very much. Mark, the floor is all yours as well. Hmm, where do I start? This, this one's a, a tough one. I wish you'd taken a little longer because I've been kind of trying to figure out where to start on this. So it sounds to me like what you're arguing for is that there may have been an animal that existed at one time that we don't know about, um, and you're calling it a dinosaur. Um, I have no doubt that there's a bunch of animals that have existed that we never knew about, but it sounds to me, if I'm hearing you right, that you're saying that this could have been a dinosaur, but it lived in the time of man. So back in the early dynasties in China is what I heard you talking about the most. And you're saying that because it shows up in mythology, it probably existed. I think what we got to determine is when you're talking about a dragon, I, I don't care what you call it. Um, you know, if six or seven or 8,000 years ago, we, we called an animal something, um, that's fine. And there may have been something that they called a dragon. But tonight's debate could just as easily be about any other animal that there's pictures of all over. Like, everybody's seen the pictures of the flying lions with the wings on their back. Um, I don't think that somebody putting something on a calendar and showing it as a fire-breathing um, dragon or, gee, I, I'm dinosaur. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure where you're going with this. I, I don't, like, I, I expected you to come on here and try to tell me that there was some kind of fire-breathing, um, flying pterodactyl-type thing that existed into um, the same time that man was around, that somehow it made it from, you know, what was it, 60 million years ago? We roughly think that dinosaurs went extinct. Um, so I think in our, our free talking back and forth, we might get a little bit further on this, exactly what your point is. Um, you're talking about many ice ages could have taken them down. Um, ice ages are all documented. Um, you know, we, we know that ice ages and took out the woolly mammoths and stuff. Well, you know, yeah, it, it was a cold time. There was, we find them frozen in the ground. We, we know this went on. We've documented it. It, it shows up in the carbon dioxide that's frozen in the water, in, in, into the ice. It, we have proof for these things that line up you know we see cave paintings of these animals that, that uh, native americans did and then we actually find them frozen in the ground um pretty much exactly what they drew i just don't see where where you're lining this up you're really jumping around you're dealing with a 60 million year time frame and you're bringing it up into within 6,000 to 10,000 years ago, it, it's just not working for me. I'm not sure what, what you're asking me to explain. And you're kind of trying to sell it to us, you know, with the confidence of a used condom salesman. Like, I just, I really don't, 
feel that you you believe that this is a fire breathing um, dinosaur. So are there dragons? Yeah, we know there's things that we call dragons. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really not sure where you're going with this. Maybe explain, are these fire breathing? Are they flying? Is this a, a flying di dinosaur that was flying around like six to 10,000 years ago? Can you give me a time frame that you think that these things died out? And just kind of give me a, a starting point here. And I did no research into this whatsoever. I actually found one uh, modern day debate, I think was that with uh, T-Jump and I forget who the other guy was. And to be honest with you, I couldn't even listen to it. I had to just just tune out and I thought, I'm gonna just wrap this cold and see what your point is. Um, when we talked back and forth in emails, I really didn't wanna know. I just wanted to kind of go at it, you know, fresh, no thought into it, just kind of see what your opinion was. So. I'd like to just go kind of back and forth now. I, I think we've both kind of given our position and just let me know what, what are we looking for here? An actual flying, fire breathing dragon? Is that what we're looking for? That existed 10,000 years ago? Let me turn it back to you. Okay. Uh, am I good to go, James? Yeah. Okay. So Mark uh, concluded his, his opening and now we're in the dialogue. Um, Wow. Okay. Well, Mark, we have significant worldview differences that could play a huge role in this. For example, um, I believe that dinosaurs existed with man, but I'm also a young earth creationist. Uh, now, I wasn't trying to argue for dragons from the Bible because the Bible doesn't really say a whole lot about it. Um, uh, but so as far as timelines go, uh, I think it's, it's fully reasonable that dinosaurs existed with man. Uh, therefore, I would say it's reasonable that dragons exist with man. Um, evolution, unfortunately, would be an entire different debate. Uh, I don't hold evolution as uh, valid, not not in all forms, macro, micro, um, that whole thing. I don't believe in uh, what's, what's defined as macro, as actual anatomic development and change. Uh, but that being said, um i see i see your point and uh i do see where where we may have trouble actually jiving where we may actually have trouble appropriately engaging because of those differences let me um so let me take it a different route first you mentioned that the you kind of poked at the zodiac not really being a good example right uh, instead, I pointed to a calendar. Um, uh, so here's the smaller point uh, for the reason that I pointed to the Zodiac. Um, for some reason, they used 11 very real creatures that they would have seen every day. And then they randomly picked uh, a 12th creature that apparently is mythical and doesn't exist. That doesn't seem consistent. Um, I would say the it, just on its face, take everything else out that by itself it would make more sense that that they would have actually known what that creature was because they knew what all the other ones were it's not like it was every other one was some fictional thing we've never heard of um but even if you take the zodiac by itself the whole point of my first reason of showing how globally accepted dragons have been before modern technology cave paintings books everything even into their myths, and I touched on that um, right before reason three, I think, uh, the whole world talks about them, not just the Chinese zodiac. 
Uh, so when you have the entire world seeming to agree that a certain group or species or type of thing exists, uh, it's that's the evidence. That is it. You, you don't have to agree with that, but how are you going to argue against that? Hmm. So basically what, what you're saying is because somebody made something up and put it onto a... Uh, onto the zodiac, it, it's proof that it existed. Well, if if they're drawing up this complicated zodiac, and, and yes, I've seen it many times, uh, you know, as as it moves through the the constellations, this, that, and the other. Wouldn't they also have the ability to write down, like, man, today went out for a walk, took my dog, and this fire-breathing dragon just swooped down on me, picked up my dog, and burnt me on the way out. Like, it just seems like there's a lot of information missing here. When we come up with things, when, when we come up with these ideas, when we make movies, when, when we let our imaginations run free, um, we, we draw these things. We, we, we bring them into to mythology. We still do it. We still make movies with these creatures that don't exist. But there would be tons and tons of writings of these, of these animals coming down and attacking us. Just like there's tons of writings about lions going in and, and taking out entire villages. And, and it's not normal for lions to eat people. I mean, let me correct that. But there are stories where they, they've had tigers and they've had lions that, that have turned on man and gone in and, and cleaned out uh, the, the entire village uh, of, of these men that were trying to hunt them. We have the stories, not just the drawings. So if you're telling me that, that the Chinese or, or, or you know, were, were capable of drawing up these, these zodiacs and they had, they had print and they had letters and they had um, communications that they were, that they were um, going back and forth with um, correspondence, you would expect that we would be reading stories of these fire-breathing, flying dinosaurs swooping down on them and if you believe that we lived with dinosaurs, I'm not sure how you're separating out um, this, this dinosaur. Again, you haven't told me what we're talking about. So if you're going to tell me that um, dinosaurs live with man and that's your belief, then really what you're saying is uh, that there was pterodactyls when man lived. And now we're just talking about young earth creationism against um, what we believe in you know 5.4 or 4. whatever it is billion year old earth like we're, we're again we're not nailing down what is this dinosaur that you speak of this is is this dragon fire thing is it is it uh flying what is it does it spit acid what's the deal with this with this feller because again if we if we're just going to agree um, to not talk about creationism, then we're going to have to say, okay, I disagree that we lived with dinosaurs. You say we did. There were pterodactyls. Now it's, now it's a time frame problem. We know pterodactyls live. So is this dragon fire breathing? Is it flying? What is it? Uh, you're right. And actually, you already asked that question, and I didn't address it. Uh, so my apologies. Um, uh, were dragons fire breathing uh so the book of job i think leviathan is documented as um snorting smoke uh whether or not that means it had the ability to breathe fire i don't know but um the whole point of my argument number two is to show that 
it just because we say things like fly fire breathing or flying creature it doesn't make it all of a sudden unrealistic if you told if if you told me without proof that um an ant had the ability to spit acid from its butt several feet i would say that sounds absurd it sounds like a sci-fi movie but the green ant is well documented on youtube as being able to spit acid several feet from its butt that sounds yeah, but why is why is that why is that un, unrealistic though we have acid in our body um depending on how acidic or basic alkaline something is we, we we know that tissues can handle that we know that that um biology can build a lining that can handle extreme acids and extreme basic um alkaline liquids and materials so it, it really doesn't surprise me but when you get to fire um then it really surprises me now i can breathe out on a cold day i half my life is in canada i can breathe what you're calling kind of smoke so yes we we can you know we can show steam um again you've got to pin this down because this this conversation needs to go straight from dinosaur or straight from uh um being a a uh, a dragon to we lived with dinosaurs mark so i believe in flying dinosaurs i too believe in flying di well they're they're not dinosaurs but let's call them dinosaurs i believe in the big flying reptiles that existed while dinosaurs were there now the conversation becomes did they exist i believe you think it's six thousand years ago when everything was created and did we live with them so you you've really got to say is this the dinosaur that we read about is this what we expect to see on cartoons where it's flying it's it's doing what dinosaurs do um you know fighting men with swords or is this just is this just uh what we'd call a uh, uh, an animal that hung out around the same time as the dinosaurs and this was all 6,000 years ago. If that's the case, the arguments is kind of over. I agree with you that there was big, flying, dinosaur-like creatures. No doubt about it. They weren't here 6,000 years ago, though. Right. Um, so that's... Uh, I don't mind the creationism argument, but that's not the debate. Um, I just want to be careful not to, to derail the debate. However, I guess if James is okay with it, we could go into that more. With that being said, let's back dragons. up. Okay, so let's let's back it up then and keep it on dragons. Um, the dragons that uh, that I'm talking about, I I think kind of, kind of like you did ask me a brief question, you know, like just to give you a baseline. Uh, dinosaurs would be a subgroup of dragons because everything was a dragon before 1841. There was no dinosaur word to distinguish that creature. Uh, so dragons would probably be uh, similar. I mean, look at the Germanic dragon that I showed a picture of. Even though that's not something we believe existed, it had wings and whatnot, it looks dinosaur-esque, triceratops, kind of like head, um, perfectly normal reptilian-like body, wings. Um, they could have been flying, could have been breathing dragon, whale blubber, burns excellently. Um, we know that uh, creatures are capable of spitting things, saliva, whatever, bodily mixtures. Uh, so it's certainly reasonable that something, methane, we certainly produce methane. Um, it's certainly reasonable that something could have had some form of ability to spit fire. Uh, so fire breathing and fly, uh, flying, certainly, I don't see any issue with that. Um, fire breathing, sure. I don't have to argue fire breathing, though. Uh, and then what actually are we talking about? Something similar 
to dinosaurs, but for some reason, um, people think that it, it has to be absurd or it, uh, it can't be realistic simply because they fly or because we haven't found fossils for them yet. Uh, and so the question is, do you believe that dragons existed? Um, yeah. Yeah, I do. In in that regard, when that's the definition, not a, a mythical talking dragon, but an actual creature that uh, if you look at a lot of pictures um, from Africa, people have spears and are fighting off lions. Tribes are. So, yeah, a dragon fighting a guy with a sword. If it lived around that time frame and it was attacking a village, what would you fight a dragon with? Uh, the tribes fighting the lion would probably fight the dragon with a spear. Um, so that's that's where we're at. I don't know if that helps. Yeah, it does a little bit. So you're you're you you are trying to slowly. I, I think you're afraid to actually come right out and say fire breathing, and I would be too. It it it, it is a little bit absurd. We don't see it anywhere else in any um, other animal, even close. Um, yeah, your stomach can, I guess, produce methane. Now, now you got to find it an ignition source. Um, you've got to somehow make it so that its own skin and and flesh isn't being burnt. Um, you know, it, it, like think about the Galapagos Islands. If you were to go there right now and someone was to get bit by whatever those things are called, I, I should have done more, <laughs> more studying for this, but a uh, Komodo dragon, that's it. You would swear that fire got you there because that's what you die from is extreme and burning infections. Fire ants, that's why they're called fire ants. When they get on you and they start biting you, it burns. We have fire weed up here that when it gets on you, um, little tangs stick in your skin and it burns. So the fact that somebody would consider and draw it up in a book as fire breathing, it doesn't really surprise me. I, I, I don't know if that was all an invention for mythology or if they were just putting into um, the way they felt by getting bit by some of these lizards that were around 6,000 years ago. Um, whether or not the Galapagos Islands were developed, you know, discovered at that time, I don't believe they were. Um, but there are several animals that if you get bit by them, your chances of dying by the, by the actual mechanics of the bite is not the problem. It's the infections that you get from it. Um, turtles are a good example. There's some turtles that if they bite you, you get, uh, I believe it's botulism from them. Like they can be really really bad and it can get into your system and kill you really quick and i think that going back um many years when people don't understand things they're gonna they're gonna conclude that it had something to do with that that they they obviously got burnt now now i'm really grasping at straws here because i'm trying to help you out I'm, I'm trying to come up with anything i can come up with that can make myself say, hey, he's got a point there, you know, the fire part, I get it, here's probably what it is. Um, the flying, again, we know that there was large uh, lizards that were flying, we're, we're really not grabbing at anything there. Um, so again, I can kind of agree with you that there probably was something around that, you know, when drawn up and exaggerated, because that's what man loves to do, we love to exaggerate everything that we talk about, I know it's true. I, I'm a human and I know when I tell my stories, every time I tell it, I think back, yeah, I added that. Was that true? You, you, like that is human nature to try to put a little bit of um, extra excitement into things. I just really have troubles believing that all these these <coughs> stories about this one animal is is the one that existed. You know, the 
it's really no different than than Bigfoot, except in in 10,000 years, if man's still around, we'll look back and we'll have all kinds of writings on people that claim to be chased by Bigfoot. Even that doesn't make it real. But we, we have a little bit more documentation about it. And I hate to bring up Bigfoot because... Uh, I know, that's okay. Yeah, because sightings of Bigfoot sure did go down as soon as all those trail cameras were out and all the cell phones were out. God, we should have seen, we should have went from 10 pictures a year to 10,000 pictures a year, and we didn't. It's actually gone down the sightings. So, again, I just, I'm not trying to grandstand, take up all your time here. I think we're kind of agreeing that that something that could have been considered a a dinosaur could have lived 6,000 years ago, but I, I think there's been a lot added to it to make it a scarier more mythical type creature so understanding what i'm saying i do i do and uh because it might look bad if i admit that i think fire that dragons are fire breathing i'm just going to totally avoid that point you know i'm just going (laughs) to totally scapegoat around it um but i do i do think you know you're right we, we don't have any any clear examples of something that breathes fire uh, but again, if something that spits acid went extinct, I'd have trouble believing that if I didn't have any evidence for it. I see your point. And so I'll digress from fire breathing. We can omit that from the rest of the conversation and say we don't have current evidence for that. Um, but that's not a fire breathing isn't a hill I need to die on. Um, so let's jump a little bit. Uh, one of my third reason was um, was human writings, historical documentation. Uh, and the, one of the guys I referenced was Marco Polo, and certainly take what he says with some salt. Um, I'm not going to say that he, uh, he told everything, straight out was. But he documented a culture of people that hunted a creature that's not like anything that we know or see today that certainly could have been a dinosaur or certainly could have been described as a leviathan or a dragon. Uh, so what, what do you have on that point? Let's chat about him for a little bit. Well, so if Marco Polo went to um, to Australia, he would have come back saying, I just seen a group of people hunting animals like I have never seen before. Like, what is this standing up rabbit that if it lifts its back legs up and kicks at you, it can rip your stomach out. So he's out exploring. He's he's at new places. And he's coming across stuff that, that he cannot explain. Um, I wouldn't be able to explain it. If you took us today, we think we're really intelligent people. And as a group, we're pretty intelligent. We, ha- we have a lot of people who know a lot of things. But for example, there's something that's really well known. And that's why is glass? Why, why are certain things transparent? And why are some things not transparent? So if you look at the atom arrangements, the atoms the way they're arranged in, say, a plate of steel, a piece of of tin foil, aluminum foil, that's, say, two thou thick. Those atoms are just as tight. There's absolutely no difference in those atoms than a plate of glass that's two inches thick. Why can we see through something that is just as solid that's two inches thick, but we can't see through something that's that's two thou thick? 99.9% of the people on the Earth cannot tell you that. But do we know why? As a group, yes, we know. We all know a lot of things as a group, but no one person knows the answer to everything. So back then, if you were to walk up to somebody and say, hey, 
out I was out in the jungle and all of a sudden this this lizardy looking thing jumped from a tree and glided over my head and I shot it we know they exist we know that there are these gliding lizards so on to your second point about the flying there is no doubt that there was gliding lizards there have been things that fly that look like lizards but what I'm saying is because people don't understand something doesn't mean that it's not understandable. It's just it's it's above what the standard of humanity, if you want to say it that way, or society can understand. So now anybody can go on YouTube right now and look up why glass is transparent. And I hope they do, because it's, it's actually unbelievable why glass is, is transparent. It's, it's one of the most unbelievable things to me, except for quantum entanglement. To me, why things are transparent just blows me away. I would never come to that conclusion myself. I would never be able to figure that out. But us as a society, we figured it out. So just because we say, hey, this guy went somewhere and he didn't understand and he heard these stories and he came back with no explanation doesn't mean that it's not explainable. Do you kind of understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of things that we know as a society, but individuals don't know. And I believe that's what you're talking about. I really do. Yeah. Um, however, I think a lot of what you said helps me or lines up kind of with what I'm saying. Um, and, it, and it's in this way that, for example, your Australia example, if Marco Polo went to Australia and saw these, these giant rabbits that stood on their tails and, and could kick your guts out, that's my point. He wrote about something like that in Asia, in China. And we think, well, that's absurd. We got no record of that. It just so happens if he had wrote, went to Australia and wrote about that creature, we still have that creature. But if, if kangaroos had gone extinct and we didn't have a current record of them, it would sound absurd that a giant rabbit could kick your guts out. So that's my point. Marco Polo went to this Chinese people and documented something very clearly that isn't like what we know about. That certainly could have been what we, we would call a dragon or a leviathan. Uh, and so that is evidence that it existed. That's a tough sale. Like it really is. What you're saying is because somebody went somewhere and heard a story about, hey, don't go in there. Um, don't go over there. There's dragons. It, it's not really a, a good argument. We we torture kids um, that way. I, I hope we don't do it much anymore. But how many times, you know, would parents um, back in the day tell their kids, hey, you don't go in that room because there's a monster in there. And the kid would stay out of the room because he didn't want to come face to face with the monster um pretty much child abuse but it, it, i i actually remember it being done to me i'm pretty sure unless i've again embellished but um you know people really do make stuff up and and that's kind of the problem with this whole thing is that if if people weren't so full of it there's so many more things that we could know um but because we know how people yeah. just make stories we can't believe anything you know we can't believe anything like, I have absolutely no doubt that there's never been a UFO on this on, on this earth, except how many sightings of UFOs do we have? How many uh, pictures do we have? How much of this pretend proof do we have? There is not a chance in a million that there has been any UFOs from outer space, extraterrestrial vehicles that have made it to Earth. 
It's just the, the distances are too vast. And, and you've got to invent these these magical ways of traveling through wormholes and doing this and doing that. You know, our closest star is what, 4.5 um, light years away? Like that's light years. You got to get yourself up to 186,000 miles per second to do it in 4.5 years. And you've still gotten nowhere. You've gotten absolutely nowhere. Our solar system alone, 1.5 light years across for what we consider the farthest point, the Lagrange point of, of our solar system. At the speed of light, you've gotten nowhere. But look at all the stories that we have of Area 51. We've got crash. We've got these gray men with pictures getting autopsies done. Anybody could come here and say, Mark, you're, you're, you're just silly. But then I would say to you, how, how, where's, how did this happen? And that's where, where I'm kind of at with the dragons. You know, I, I know you've dropped the fire part, but if you've dropped the fire part, there's really nothing else to argue, except I think there was something that looked like a, a dragon, which I agree, there was lots of dinosaurs that looked like dragons, um, and they lived 6,000 years ago. There's again our problem. They lived 6,000 years ago. And again, you know, people were digging in the ground 6,000 years ago, especially in China, finding these dinosaurs so they need to make stuff up it doesn't surprise me at all that they would turn these these findings into imagination again even if you were to take me or you today with everything the way our minds work people were no dumber six thousand years ago than they are today they were just as intelligent i would stand over that thing and say i have no idea what we're looking at here man but but this is scary i bet you that thing breathed i bet you it flew and I bet you it chased people, and I bet you it, it breathed fire. I have no doubt that I would come to that conclusion as well. And that's where I think a lot of these stories come from. I really do. No, that's uh, kind of off topic. I mean, it's on topic to what you said, but I do think we have we have a, um, like a, a civilizational and a, and a timeline uh, piety where we think because we've got technology, we're different and we're smarter than everyone. And our tools are a little shinier, and we we have more resources. But really, I think um, I think there are there are people uh, today who could learn a lot by going back in time and picking the brains of the people who existed back then, the methods that used, the things that they knew. Um, so, so I think we do get a little bit lost uh, in in how smart and how how um, how just like us humans from a thousand. 10,000, however many thousand years ago you want to say are humans are humans. We have the same minds. We make up stories. Um, we do good research, things like that. It, it's uh, it's across time. Um, so that that aside, though, that was just a little rabbit trail. So I apologize. Going back to Marco Polo, you mentioned, you know, just because this guy heard a story and wrote about it. Well, if we're giving Marco Polo any any credulity, he lived with the people. He saw what they traded. He saw what they sold. Apparently, they showed him the hunting practices. He saw the parts of the creatures and where they were hunted, everything. Um, so I think he actually, when he's describing the eyes as like penny loafs and how big they were, it's hard to say it wasn't a first-person description. Um, so if it was just hearsay, I'd fully agree with you. If you're just looking at a, a bone, I'd fully agree with you. But it seems like he was, because he was in China for, for years as a traveler and was with those people learning about it, uh, it seems like he, he had 
Sorry. It seems like no, that's okay. It seems like he had firsthand experience with these creatures. Um, so it's not just hearsay, is what I'm saying with Marco Polo. Yeah, but he also had firsthand experiences with uh, mermaids, you know, and we we know they were probably lions or, or dolphins. Who knows? Anything at night looking into the water is going to look different. Um, all the sea creatures that were claimed back then by all these sailors. Like there's no more, um, you know, why wouldn't he grab a part of these things and take it back to, to England with him or wherever Marco Polo's from, you know, somewhere over there. Again, haven't looked into, haven't thought about this stuff for a long time. You know, grab one of these things and take it back with them. Go look at this thing. Wow, this is a flying, sorry, fire breathing. I, I've seen it breathing fire. Like check this thing out. Like they were into that kind of stuff back then. Taxidermy was real back then. They were pinning animals up on boards and looking at them and dissecting them. You're not going to grab one, throw it in the ice chest and take it back and show everybody? Or are you just going to come back with this grand story of, you know, I sailed 3,000 miles across the ocean and you wouldn't believe all the things that I seen? Well, uh, I guess in Marco Polo's defense, I don't know how well ice chests worked back then. Uh, 1200s but also uh, you know throw it was, in salt throw it in salt yeah. and take it home yeah um he he was no that's a fair point he um <laughs> he was a, a traveler you know not a big game hunter he documented a lot of things so your point's valid but i'm not sure if that was on his agenda to do so are we going to say because he didn't kill one and because he didn't bring it therefore what he wrote is just totally invalid i need to see it with my own eyes or i don't believe you because then we get rid of every piece of written documentation that doesn't have a picture along with it. So just seeing well, where, we're, where we're dividing the line of proof here. Well, uh, I, not, I hope we're not, we're not just going with evidence. Yeah, I yeah. hope we're not just going with Marco Polo to, to, to back up this this dragon story. But how many other writings do we have? Again, we're, we're talking about a worldwide phenomenon here. These, these things can fly. So I, I take it they're probably everywhere. Do you believe they lived everywhere or just in China? No, no, everywhere. That that was my whole first point. Yeah, see, these things should be written about. There should be thousands of writings on them. You know, if, if they were around at the time of Marco Polo as well, um, yeah. where are they? What trees are they perching in? Well, you know, back then we, we had very good communication. Commerce was big. We were talking from continent to continent about things. Where are all the writings about... Um, you know, sorry, I can't make it today to the meeting because uh, Martha got picked off by a dragon. Like, this stuff is just, they're, again, they're stories of grandeur. They're not stories of what we would expect if this thing existed. We would, we would be hearing about, like, we know volcanoes existed, not because people went off and talked about these mountains that breathe fire. No, because people would come back and go 150,000 people just died in a volcano and 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 it, it was written about and and this goes back you know several several thousands of years ago back in the times that you're talking about where you're saying these uh these dragons existed i yeah, think that, really what we're down a, to is this should have been a young earth creationist debate and it wasn't what what we ended up with is we're we're trying to defend something that you could easily just call a dinosaur you want to call it a dragon you want to move it up six thousand years or up to six thousand years ago so you know what's that 54 billion year, or a million years you want to move it up in time and bring it into your worldview of creationism and i have no problems with that then we got to argue was there dinosaurs you know six thousand years ago walking with man 
And again, no, you know, so on both your points, I'm going to say no. Sure. Uh, did dinosaurs live with man? Um, that that was a, a separate debate I actually engaged in. Um, and I, I had similar points for that. But the whole the whole first reason that I presented was was the point. We have writings, we have pictures, we have documentation. It's not isolated to a culture, to a geography, to a tradition. It's global. It's all over. And the places that I noted also seem to line up with all the modern major dinosaur fossil sites. Uh, so we might be maybe a point where we don't really disagree is that dragons are kind of just a version of dinosaur. I kind of set out saying that's where they stem from. You could say they're cousins, whatever, whatever you want to call it. The, the terms have been mixed up. They're a different creature because for some reason we changed the categories. Um, but the point is globally, all the cultures, all the countries, all the people groups, all the traditions document some kind of a dragon. That's the point. Well, they, so they document some, some kind of a some kind of a lizard that they don't understand. And, you know, that's that's really what it comes down to is, is they're documenting some kind of animal that they don't understand. And, you know, that again, it just doesn't point to, you know, calling this thing a, a dragon. It, it's just it's not adding up. Well, I again, it seems like what you're saying kind of offers credibility because they're they're describing things which they don't understand. I'll fully give you that. I don't understand a giant rabbit that can kick my guts out, but we know it exists. We know it's a real thing. So them documenting something they don't understand doesn't mean that thing doesn't exist. We don't understand gravity, and we've written the pants off of what gravity is. We still we don't understand so gravity. Yeah, what is it? it it's not a, a specific force. Where does it come from? How does it work exactly? We know how fast it makes things move. We know how it can, how it's different on different planets, but we don't actually know what gravity, gravity is. Gravity's not different on other planets. The gra gravity's consistent. It's consistent throughout the universe. There, there's nothing inconsistent about gravity. We completely understand gravity. On Earth, it's 9.8 meters per second per second. Um, that, you know, yeah. we understand that on the moon, it's, it's what one six, what, what we'd expect. So it's two masses that are attracted to each other. Um, we, we do understand gravity. I think what you're saying is we haven't unified it yet. Um, and that's not to say that this will, will not happen, but well, I hear people a lot saying that we don't understand gravity. We got a pretty good idea about gravity. If I jump off my roof, I got a pretty good idea what's going to happen. It's going to happen tomorrow and it's going to happen on Mars. It's going to happen anywhere that I go, that I jump off something, and if I'm near a big enough body, I'm going to be attracted to it very quickly. So there, there really is no, um, you know, ambiguity when it comes to gravity. We, we understand it enough to know its effects and what it does and how it works. And then we see it working every day. And again, you walk up to 99.9% .9 of the people on Earth and ask them, and I'm sorry we're getting off track here, uh, um, but... We, we got to say, it. you know, what is gravity? Is there gravity in, in outer space? You know, it, most people will say, no, no, I, I see people on the International Space Station. There's no gravity. What do you mean there's no gravity? If you were to look at the International Space Station, what is the thing, 150 miles up or whatever the hell it is? It's on Earth. If you were to look at it on a globe, so if you were to take something 18 inches around in a globe, the International Space Center station is about three-eighths of an inch quarter of an inch to three-eighths of an inch off the surface of the globe of 
course there's gravity out there. We know it. The sun's attracted to the to the earth. So again, you're kind of showing the exact same thing that I'm talking about. Just because everybody doesn't understand it doesn't mean that it's not understood by somebody. There's people who understand the more complicated things in the world. Before we go too so far me... into gravity, I do want to <laughs> redirect us into oh. dragons. I suppose just to summarize so that people Wait, can know ask, where... Can I ask Mark one question on gravity? Though? Yeah, here's <laughs> my problem with gravity. I'm, let me tie gravity back into dragons. You have dragons flying, and I have a problem with, with uh, dragons flying because of gravity. There you go. I tied it back in. I did that for you. Fair uh, enough. You're welcome, James. <laughs> um, great. Well, let me... Um, let me talk about that and then i'll maybe I'll i don't know if it's i i don't want to go into a gravity dialogue i really just because we've gone okay. for a decent while I, one right. thing I'll, that, I'll refrain i'll refrain then ju just to understand mark is it fair to say that your summary statement because this was covered but it was kind of like uh i want to in terms of a takeaway when benjamin said all these different cultures talk about dragons throughout history and Ben says, you know, Mark, what's your alternative explanation for why all these independent uh, cultures independently, potentially, I don't know, but that's, I think maybe Ben would make the case that it's independently, they have this, uh, these accounts of dragons. And your explanation would be, well, there's a better explanation than, than that it actually was dragons, which is? There's tons of things out there today that look like dragons. Tons of them. We have lizards. They look like dragons. We have so many things that look like dragons. Pluck a bird and go tell the thing to run around and look at it through not perfect light. It's going to look strange. We're not going to understand it. We still see pictures of, of wolves and animals and foxes running around with mange with no fur on them. And I, and I see them going up on YouTube as this unknown alien, God only knows what it is, animal we got to realize that every time we see something, we're not exactly seeing it right. Our minds are really good at filling things in. So, so my point is, all of the people <coughs> all over Earth that have reported dragons, I have no doubt that some of them seen something. But because it's not explainable, doesn't mean that it's a dragon. It could be a bird up in the sky. Like I, I think I quickly looked at the picture you have up for our, our thumbnail for, for this um talk who knows what that is could be a bird could be a plane who knows it, I, I think people love telling stories and i think they would come home to their wives and hope that the wife would be really impressed that he fought off this this huge dragon and probably something jumped out of the tree and landed on his head that that's honestly where i think a lot of this stuff comes from i really do well so problem that i have with that logic is let's let's use that line of thinking on a color every every ancient culture let's say so the dragons documented a color they all documented the color blue all of them all of them have seen what blue is they know what blue is all this stuff uh but what you're saying is everyone has seen something and so they're going to record something random things could be anything so then why wouldn't we see this culture looks at blue this culture looks at green this culture looks at red so we don't see this culture documenting a weird looking rhino and this, this culture documenting a weird-looking rabbit that kicks your guts out. All the cultures are, are indicating something that resembles what we know of as a dragon. All of them have a consistency 
to them. So what you're saying doesn't actually logically work because we should see differences. It shouldn't all be dragons. It should all just be random creatures that we, we really can't associate with each other. But we can associate all of them. There's a thread there. What is it? Not 100% sure, but there's a thread. Yeah, but what you're, what you're saying now to me and to everybody else is that every dragon that has been documented and drawn all look the same. Nothing could be further from the truth. Um, they, they vary hugely um, in their appearance. That's just a fact. Um, you know, and again, you know, I, I could this conversation could have just been just as easily about mermaids. It could have been about sea creatures. We could replace dragons with any mythological creature and we can say, hey, there was tons of drawings of it. I, I live near Toronto. There, there's downtown Toronto. They got a big lion with wings on its back. It, it never existed. We know it never existed. And and when you talk about, hey, well, um, you know, this, 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 I, I brought up kangaroos, but we see other animals that are very similar. So someone's to draw it, they go, yeah, that does kind of look like a rabbit. Well, look at that. It's standing up. It's not a far reach to get there. Just like it's not a far reach to get from a dinosaur that they're digging up in the ground and they're looking at fossils or these very large um, lizards and, and, you know, crocodiles and alligators and Galapagos Island creatures. Like there's stuff out there that without very much uh, adjustment are, are hellishly scary. Like you just look at them and it's pretty easy to turn them into monsters. They're kind of monsters before you even add fire breathing and wings to them. They're just, that's the way we are. And we, we add wings to a lot of creatures. We do it to man. You know, there, there's men, mythological men with wings on their back. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just something that we do across the board. And I, I even think the fire breathing goes other places than dragons. I, I just think it's the way people tell stories. And again, the problem that I have is not so much, hey, did something like a dragon exist sure if you want let's go back and we'll call that one a dragon we'll, we'll just rename it a dragon it existed we're good the big problem is the six thousand years ago that's really the part that we're having problems with here is it something existed six thousand years ago that was flying around looked like a dinosaur was hellishly big maybe didn't breathe fire but at least smoke or steam or something you know that's where i have the problem and then the documentation is just not there especially if you're talking about that marco polo went down to you know, downtown, he's walking through the, the farmer's market and these things are laying on the table. The first thing I would say is, hey, I got all this crappy gold in my ship. Can I trade you some of this? Because I want to take this back because this is really something else. Like, I've never seen it before. I've got to take this back and show whoever. That's my problem. And there'd be more writings on it, again, of tragedies caused by these animals, not just the big battles of, you know, out in the field battling and he killed them and he slayed the dragon. There would be many stories about, again, Martha getting picked off in the morning and, you know, here's the obituary for it. Come on down. We got taken out again by dragons. So, yeah, so that's a lot to cover there. Um, again, I'm not going to say Marco Polo was absolutely accurate in everything. Uh, there's some stuff that he wrote about that I would have to say is questionable at best. Um it's just that uh, for for what he documented that creature as, given that he said he was with that culture, you'd have to either call him a liar or take him at his word and say 
that the rabbit that could kick your guts out actually existed. It's called a kangaroo, by the way. And this giant reptilian thing with two claws that drag itself on the ground actually existed. Actually called whatever creature it is. It's a dragon or it's a dinosaur. Um, that's the point I was going with there. But let me back up to the first two things you said. In, in oh, just one statement. quick point here. Do you think the first time when people went to Australia and they seen these things, they didn't kill them and take them back to their, their homeland? Do you think if we were to go looking for it? I never have. But do you think if we were to go looking for it, we, we could find documentation of the first time that these things were returned back to China to show people. They were probably brought back live. Uh, do you not think that when people come across these animals, the first thing they think about doing is taking them back to their homeland to just show people what's out there? That, that's how parrots made their way around. Um, I live in Grenada half of the year. That's how the, the marma monkeys made it to Grenada is when they came over, they're like, wow, you know, they, look, look what they have over here. And they brought them back with them. You're going to do that. You're going to bring proof of something so that you're not that person that's coming back with this fantastical story of this fire-breathing flying dragon. You're going to grab one, a baby or whatever, and you're going to bring it back and say, you don't believe me? Here it is. Because he got laughed at. You, you know he did when, when it, it's, I don't know. Sure. No, I, no, would, I would bring one back. I, I would definitely grab one and bring her on back for the king to see. No, that's a valid point, um, though I will disagree. I think the first thing they probably said back in that day was, can I eat that or will it eat me? <laughs> and then after that, maybe they decided if they were going to ship it or not. But but jumping back to two points that were relevant to my, um, my first reason that you said in your last um, statement. First one was, you said, if you walk to downtown Toronto, right, you see the, the statue of the lion. Well, we can't talk about anything that is you know, that is post 16, 1700s when the big shipping lanes opened up where cross-continental things are happening. Anything, statues that we've made, things we've done after that gigantic boom, that's hard to give credibility to if you see a statue or you see something like that because you're absorbing other cultures' thoughts. So yeah, because what, what people I'm are, you're right, because people are storytellers. You're right. So it, that's my point. People are storytellers. They're going to tell their stories. And then they're yes, going to show modern, up in that culture. In modern times, things can go global and viral very easily. But back thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, when the cave paintings were written, when the when the um, uh, Francis Salamander, what was it, three hundred BC, when all that was happening, it took a long time for word to travel. You stuck to your cultural roots. You stuck to your tribe's traditions. You didn't spread everybody else's story as much as you would have stuck to your own. It's different now. So that's that was the point I was making about Toronto. Well, well it's, it's, it's not. And, and again, I don't mean to take over this conversation, but man has traveled since we were since we were born. We all came from Africa. We've been a transit, um, a very transit animal since the day um, we became man. We, we, we've been we've been traveling. We started in one small area and we, we spread out and we would take all our stories with us. Um, so, so I disagree that stories are going to travel with societies. And when society started breaking up and, and you know, moving into Europe and, and moving out of Africa, they would have taken their stories with them. And for that, you're going back many, many years. Well, you're going back past the cave, the cave times that you talked about where they had their pictures. So, okay, you got a bunch of people living in a cave. 
things are getting barren or whatever happened that, uh, you know, people started moving away from Africa and started looking for, for more sustenance and they're going to take their stories with them and they're going to take their cave paintings with them. So I, I don't agree that, that, you know, once something's embedded in a society and it's told over and over, it's passed on through generation and generation, it, it's going to follow the generations and it's going to move its way around the world. Uh, I think you're right that it will follow the the generations. Look at the flood. The Look at how many uh, flood myths there are. There's flood myths from everywhere. People have been running from from floods since the beginning of time. Um, well, I won't touch on that point because that could be a whole separate conversation. Um, but you're right. It, um, tradition will travel with the people as people group people groups break up. I wouldn't necessarily agree that all traditions stick. In fact, the big trend is you start your own people group. You change and become your own thing when you're breaking up like that. I don't know if that's how it's always been. Um, well, do you believe we all came from Africa? Uh, I suppose so. Okay. Where does Genesis start? Oh, God, I don't know. The Garden of Eden? <laughs> Who knows where that is? Right. Uh, Euphrates, Tigris, um, up in the... Up in that area, uh, I don't think that's Af. I, I don't think that's Africa. The, uh, I, I do believe that the Garden of Eden was considered to be in Africa, but I could was be wrong. It considered to be in Africa. Okay. Um, well, uh, at that point aside, um, so what, the second point I was going to touch on was you talked about mermaids. So, so there, right? there's uh, a point, and, and sorry to cut you off because I'm going to forget. I'm getting old. But there's a myth that that according to you, since the first two people on Earth. That myth has followed those two people and it still permeates today. We still have it in our, we still have the religion, the God, the, the God of the Bible myth. We, we still all walk with it and we still talk about it and we still put it in books and we still draw pictures of it. There's a good example of a myth in, in your worldview, starting from day one with two people and it's still here. So I'm not surprised well, that, that, that these myths go forward. Well, that actually might be good evidence. It's not a myth. Um, but I think that's a conversation for a different time. It is. Um, yeah. This uh, might be. Go ahead if you get another thought. Yeah. I was going to say well, this is probably so a five-minute warning before we go into the Q&A. Notice, well, I have to plug my computer in because the one with the charger is still updating. Um, so I'll have to take a break shortly and we can transition. You got it. But the point I want to make, when Mark touched on mermaids, there's a big difference between mermaids and dragons. Dragons are everywhere, landlocked or not mermaids if they had been known about by all the people who went inward to landlocked societies they'd still have mermaid drawings but where are all the mermaid drawings near easily accessible large bodies of water that's my point number one my reason number one that's why i showed that dragons are everywhere it doesn't matter so it probably didn't just come from one people mermaids are not again probably just didn't come from one people but for people it's not relevant to it, it never happened they never whatever you want to say made it up and the reason they made it up is because it's specific to their culture like you said they saw something in the water well yeah you're you're going to get stories about mermaids near where the sea lions and the seals were and the dolphins or whatever um because they live in water you're talking about an animal that apparently flew um we know back in in the old days many many things flew and i know that also if you look to the sky sometimes it's very hard to work out distances um, something that can be way closer than we think um, looks further away to us and, and just looks oversized or the other way around. You know, you can look at a jet up in the sky and it's, it's, a, it's a little speck of light. 
um, it's very hard to determine size. So I'm not surprised that the the myths of the dragons happen over land. There's there's I think every continent has something that flies on it, and then uh, you know I'm not surprised that mermaid myths come from anywhere where there's sea, where there's animals that could be you know misinterpreted by a drunk sailor as a very good looking woman. Well, that's a sea lion, unfortunately. <laughs> My opinion, right. again, you know, I, I don't feel I'm grasping quite as at, at, at as many straws as you are, but I'll, I'll give you that. It, it's um, it's it's definitely interesting. Sure, I don't. I'd love to talk about why a flying dragon seems like it would be impractical, uh, but I don't know if we have time for that. James, did you want to wrap it up? This might be a good spot to stop. <laughs> I can jump into the Q and A. If you're kind of passive about it, maybe we do a round two at some point. Especially, it sounds like you guys are, well, creation came up, which is uh, an interesting idea too. But I want James, to say, um, James, me, I, can't leave this, me, I can't leave this on the table, okay? Just let me say this. I have no problems with a flying dragon. We, we have very large lizards that we know existed 60 million years ago, 65 million years ago that flew. There is no problem. The, the drawing that I've seen with the big, fat, muscular, uh, huge body dragonfly, no, but slim uh, lizards flying that are, are huge, we know it happened. We, we know it did. I have no problems with that. I'll give you that. There were things that looked like dragons that flew. No doubt about it. Well, if they looked like dragons, why weren't they dragons? Well, you can call them whatever you want. We just happened to name them something else, and, and they didn't live 6,000 years ago. They didn't fight man, and they weren't going around breathing steam, smoke, fire. That's the problem that we have, is, is you want to bring this mythological creature uh, into existence, that this, this animal that was written about by the, the Chinese or the Japanese or, or whichever society you want to bring up. Uh, what I'm saying is you're, you're interpreting imagination for a, a living, breathing animal. We know we have fossils of these these animals that, that lived 65, 70 million years ago. But, you know, what we call them, you can call them dragons because dragons exist today. You know, they're the, the dragons on, like I said, the Galapagos Islands, they exist and we call them dragons. So it's kind of over. And like that's when I said to you that I'm not surprised about the fire breathing part, because if you were ever to get bit by one, you would swear that somebody breathed fire on you within minutes because of how fast the infection would set in. And I'm not surprised. I would probably yeah. report it as a burn. Yeah, I, that if they breathe fire, I would think they actually spit some kind of fire, just like ants that you could get stung by one. It'd feel like it was burning acid. But we've got ants that literally spit acid out of their butt. Mm -hmm. So I would disagree with you a little bit on on that parallel. Let me just say, I did, did try to emphasize, I'm not talking mythological, talking, reading, weird fan fantasy dragons i'm talking about something that is very reasonably a living creature that for some reason we have trouble believing could exist um so I, i'm fine on it with that because i think that was a little bit of a me putting a pin in what you had said to me um unless you think you need to respond to what i just said well I'd yeah say, there there's no difference then than dragons than um t-rexes uh brontiosauruses all the other animals living six thousand years ago we might as well just expand it all out again because i've already agreed that if you want to bring all the dinosaurs ahead 65 million years or 60 million years 
I'm going to give you dragons. You can call it whatever you want. There's this huge flying lizard. We can call it a dragon. Whether or not it came down and fought man, I don't know. I, again, I don't believe that 6,000 years ago they were there. But now we got a big problem because now you got to, you would have just as big of a problem it, telling me that a Tyrannosaurus existed with man. And I, I can't believe that you haven't gone there because believe me, they would be talking about the Tyrannosaurus and the, the Bronchiosaurus, all these huge, huge raptors chasing people down. That's what mythology would be full of because these things really existed. And they existed by the millions, not the odd one perched in a tree. So yeah. again, you know, you, 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 you think that, that all this mythology has been based around the, the dragon because it was so special. There's nothing special about it. T-Rex would have been just as front and center. Why? We know they were in China. Why aren't they on the Zodiac? Why aren't they on their calendars? Why aren't they on, on every cave drawing across the world? It's the same time frame you're trying to fit all these animals into. And that's why I'm saying to you, it just doesn't work. You're 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 completely forgetting that while you're arguing for a dragon living six thousand years ago, you're ignoring the other ten thousand dinosaurs that were running around chasing people at the same time. Where's the mythology for that? I thought T Rexes were North America. Pardon were me? Were, were T-Rexes China? I thought they were North America. Oh, I don't know, but there's there's dinosaurs over there just as big. You, again, you can call uh, them yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. I'm not a dinosaur person, but large, huge yeah. dinosaurs walk the earth everywhere. Yeah, and Velociraptors were relatively small compared to the Jurassic they Park. Don't, but they were considered, I, I think they were considered very mean from what we can figure out. Oh, well, sure. at, least Jurassic Park, at least Jurassic Park mythology has taught me that the Velociraptor is the one we really got to worry about. And if I remember right, they spit acid too. No, that's the that's from the, the first one. Well, whether it's an emu or an ostrich, I wouldn't want to fight either. So size there doesn't you go. totally matter. James, there I need to go. take two minutes to go grab my charger. So if you want to transition, Mark, if you're good with that, I'll be right back. Yep. You We're going to put on elevator music. Sounds good. <laughs> Folks want to mention, hey, if you enjoy topics like this, or that reminds me, Creation evolution debates came up earlier. If you'd have an interest out there, folks, in creation evolution debates, I'm putting my email in the chat right now. It's easy to remember. It's just moderndaydebate at gmail.com is my email. And if you're like, hey, I want to make the case for creation or for evolution, let me know at that email. There is also a link. There should be a link in the... But yeah, basically reach out. I can give you basically like our criteria. In fact, I'll even name them right now. Is that you'd have to be willing to go on camera. That's a big one. You know, come on, folks, it's YouTube. It's not talk radio. So you got to be willing to go on camera. And then two, I mean, like that's that's pretty much it. Be willing to go on camera. The other thing is we usually, if it's someone's first time, get them in a 2v2 debate just to kind of see how they'll do. Because if we partner with them with a more experienced debater, the there's not as much pressure on them and hopefully they'll do well. But even if it's like, oh, okay, this is their first debate, they didn't do that hot. They were partnered with somebody with a lot of experience like T-Jump or something like that. So that's one other thing is that 2v2 would probably be the starting debate. And then, but hey, if a person does well, they're like, okay, we can do one-on-one -on -one debates. And not only that, but I'm at moderndaydebate at gmail.com. If you happen to have topics like flat earth, globe earth, if you want to make the position for either side, 
let me know. You can get a hold of me at moderndaydebate at gmail.com as well. I also want to give a huge thanks to Mark and Benjamin. They've been with us a long time. Now, it's we've missed Mark for three years. So I think Benjamin, it was about a year, maybe. Uh, and Mark, though, it was even longer. It was three years. So this is like back pre-COVID, like when we used to host Mark. And so I got to tell you, the debaters are what make this channel fun. We appreciate them. They honestly are just a lot of fun. We they make this channel like they are what make this channel fun, and they what they're what makes uh, what's made this channel grow as much as it has. We do want to say thank you to all of our debaters. Thanks as well to everybody in chat. Thanks for all your support, all of your shares, all of your, if you haven't yet hit that like button right now. If you enjoy kooky topics like this, well. Then hit like, not for me, but for you. Because that's basically your way of telling YouTube, like, hey, yeah, send me more like that. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. So highly encourage you, hit that like button. Because apparently, hey, if you're hanging out here, presumably you're not pissed. You're actually enjoying it. Although I tell you, Benjamin, your topic, I had so many people in the live chat before the debate started. They're just like, oh, what the heck? And like, just really angry. A lot of people were like almost, which I don't, I don't get it. I mean... No skin off my back if there were dragons. Like, I don't care. Uh, I don't were believe they, uh, them, but nonetheless. Were they upset that you were hosting the topic? Is that I think that's upset? it. Uh, is that they're like, oh, come on. But I mean, hey, it's, uh, we want to give everybody a fair shot. We're going to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So we're going to go into the Q&A here. want to say, folks, we do appreciate your questions. This one from Swampy Pubes coming in first. Says, can't watch the whole debate tonight. <laughs> That's right. That's how you know it's YouTube. Um, let's see. They said, but still wanted to pop in and support Modern Day Debate as much as I can. Hope you all have a great debate. Catch you on the next one. Yes, make sure to drink your soy. Thanks for that, Swampy Pubes. The Amazing Jimmy says, the bombarded beetles farts fire literally. I think I've heard of that. Let me look this up. Aha, uh -huh. I win. It's come up. Did you guys talk about this? No. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I now that you say something, I vaguely, vaguely can can think of something, but I can't think of what it is. But I know there's some <laughs> something very vague in there. Something. So okay, so, so I guess it's acid that I'm looking it up on YouTube. Yeah, vaguely, so and I I don't think it's fire. Fire is a pretty tough one. Yeah, that is. That, if you think about it, that's pretty tough to pull off. This one coming in from yeah. Yahoo again says for Ben. I could have sworn. But anyway, they say, what are the key characteristics of a dragon? Well, they're dragon-esque. Um, dragon-y. Um, <laughs> probably, um, well, it, it depends. Uh, they are, um, I mean, the best I can describe it was since, sub, since dinosaurs were a subcategory pulled from what everybody called a dragon, they're probably very similar to dinosaurs. Um, I don't have trouble believing they breathe fire. We don't know how it works yet. Um, did they? If, if they didn't, so be it. I'm fine with that. Don't have to die on that hill. But uh, so something along the lines of reptilian, scaly, probably had wings. Probably not all of them didn't. If Marco Polo's was a dragon, it didn't have wings. It slithered. It only had two arms. So uh, that's how I define it. You got it. This one from... Yeah, Hooligan says, for Ben, why are dragons being kept a secret? Well, I don't, I don't think they are. Um, again, if 
if a lot of what is classified as a dinosaur would have been classified as a dragon. We may actually know about some that we no longer call dragons. But that being said, I don't think they exist with man or are in Area 31, or uh, I don't think they're around. And so if we do lack fossil evidence, uh, then I guess the position is that I think it's reasonable that they existed, and we don't have fossil evidence, but we do have documentation, cross-cultural evidence, the, the things I laid out. I think I got sidetracked in my answer there. Sorry, James. You got it. No problem. I'm just desperately trying to figure out. I could have sworn I heard in the past that there was an animal that could produce fire. But yeah, I guess it is. It does seem far fetched now. But I'm just like, dang, I'm just. Uh, Stay neutral, James. This is a. Uh... Robin Webster says, in light of evolution, we should be able to predict a dragon. Where in the fossil record it would yeah. fit and show related animals? Well, let me uh, talk on that one for it. Oh, you're going to go? That that wait, was another what, point that I'm... Was that for you? I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Well, you're getting them all. <laughs> and then I'll get five seconds, I promise. That no, was doesn't matter else. to me. That's, That's what I was going to say, that, that we don't have any subshoots of that. So even if you can find a beetle that um, breathes fire, excellent, convincing, you proved me wrong, that, that, that some kind of a, um, a biological um, skin, whatever, outer cover can handle, you know, moving fire, it's still a really, there's a lot of things missing to tie the two together. To get to a dragon from a beetle, there's a lot of evidence missing a, a, a lot of the um you know fossils that kind of thing through evolution there's just no animals that, that are going to tie the two together man i uh it's so interesting this beetle that came up i'm just obsessed with this i guess the acid can become really hot when it's like mixed but it's yeah still no flames gypsy yeah little. i don't know of anything that can bust it would be so interesting Gypsy Lil, this is like a Joe Rogan topic. Gypsy Lil, thanks for your super sticker. 560X says, for both, what's your favorite fast food order? Oh, uh, I just spent a year and a half in Grenada, so definitely Burger King. Every time I would come home, I had to come home every three months. I would come home, and I would eat a Whopper, uh, and I, I couldn't get home fast enough. So all we have in Grenada for fast food is uh, Subway um what else do we have pizza hut and we have kentucky fried chicken definitely nice. definitely burger king the whopper man you yeah. start craving that thing when you don't have it for a few months i believe it what about you benjamin what was the question i missed it favorite fast food order oh um you know raising canes just set up shop in our our town and uh they're they're Chicken finger sandwich is pretty fantastic, especially with that cane sauce. Um, but, you know, to Mark's point, Burger King sends me some of the best coupon deals. And, and I do like those uh, those bacon double cheeseburgers. They are pretty Oh, yeah, good. they're good. Yeah, two for uh, $5.49. You can't beat it. What country are you in? America, or uh, okay. United States. Yeah. Okay. America. Next up. America. This one from Yahoo again says, unofficial after show matters now. All are welcome. Check that out, folks. They have a lot of conversations like modern day debate. No Rex says, Ben, why is Alteria a dragon type and not Ch 
Charizard. That's it. That's an interesting point. This one coming in maybe, from. Maybe... <laughs> well, I was going to say maybe just because um, Charizard's just more fiery than he is dragony, you know, so he didn't quite didn't quite breach that gap. Zed Alpha three thousand says. If dragons are dinosaurs and birds are descended from dinosaurs, does that mean birds are dragons? Maybe. We got to go back to 1840 to really know. So it is, is it fair to say, because Mark brought this up earlier and someone in chat said, so like, would this be an unfair summary, Benjamin, that, you know, you're like, well, yeah, there were dinosaurs and you're just being poetic when you say that they were dragons because um you know that might not be a, a terrible way to put it on my part because i'm not arguing for mythical demigod dragons that can talk and read books i'm arguing for creatures that very much are similar to dinosaurs we just for some reason have trouble believing that they existed even though there's the three different lines of evidence that could support them you got it. lines of reasoning now that's actually it for our questions. So I've got to say, this is actually amazingly like actually concluded when I promised you guys about with that format I gave at the beginning of the debate. We want to say, folks, we really do appreciate our debaters. Please, if you have to make fun of anything, it's like fine. If you want to make fun of the ideas, but at least can you be nice to the people? I really do appreciate these guys. <laughs> you can make fun of me. Make fun of my appearance. Whatever you want. I don't care. But I just, I love these guys. So I want to say a huge thank you, Mark and Benjamin. It's been a true pleasure to have you guys here. Much appreciated. Uh, thanks for the debate, Mark. Yeah, thank you, too. I really do appreciate it. And uh, like, like you were saying, if anyone wants to do some debates, put them in there, send it to them, send them to James, and... Um, I'm up for it. I mentioned a lot of things that I don't believe in uh, tonight. So you want to debate any of them? Let's go. And if you want to come back, uh, Benjamin, and do something else, I'll, I'll gladly, uh, I'll gladly entertain that. Roger that. Thank you. That'd be epic. And Arcade Outpost. So sorry. You're right. I did miss your question. It just my eyes just jumped. But they said, "Out of Africa theory is contested, anti-white nonsense." Okay, I don't know where this is going. They say dragons being real is more likely to be true than that tripe wow juicy aggressive now i i do want to say can i just reminisce while you guys are both here you guys have both had fun debates i'm sorry i just you guys the nostalgia i'm feeling right now now i want to mention <laughs> so you guys folks do you remember mark has he's been the lion king the tiger king like the uh big cat king of you you were in toronto right yeah in canada yeah okay and since then has retired from it but this is uh, at the time of, like, the Tiger King. And then, Mark, you had mentioned, like, oh, it just got so much more difficult with Tiger King, which now he's in prison, I guess. Not because of the having animals, but alleged murder. Uh, but what I say, it just gives me memories of, like, the good old days. <laughs> so, folks, if you haven't yet, check out some of... Oh, Tyler! Oh, gosh, man, I'm, like, dropping the ball big time. Tyler, I'm so sorry that I missed yours. Holy smokes, my eyes completely, like, they just jumped here. They said, oh, oh it's like uh, saucy. It says, Toronto has gargoyles. Are or were they real sassy? They do have, do they have gargoyles? Like, is that a common thing, like, in the art? 
Yeah, well, most buildings do, right? All, all throughout London, there's gargoyles on the corners of the buildings to uh, fend away um, evil spirits and stuff. Yeah, gargoyles are everywhere. And I, I, did you say Toronto? Sorry, I, I didn't hear you. Yeah, they said Toronto. Yeah, Toronto has them on our buildings still. So pretty much, well, we're a British colony, right? So I think all that stuff started off pretty big in, in England. And that, again, you know, moves with culture. And I, I believe that gargoyles are on buildings, again, for to, to keep you safe. I bet no, if you look back to the, the origin of gargoyles, I bet they're isolated. I'd be curious if gargoyles are a global uh, phenomenon. That's super interesting. Mark, do you yeah. know? Well, they're That's demons, right? It's basically a demon creature, and demon creatures are through, throughout mythology. Anywhere that there's religion, there's, there's demon creatures. So, um, no, gargoyles are worldwide. Anywhere that religion goes... It has followed us um, through civilization, through, like I was saying, it, it follows cultures. The myths follow cultures. No, I, I actually, I, that, that'd be confined. I didn't realize that. Gargoyles are, are, the origin is demonic? Demons, yeah, they're demons. If you oh. look at them, that's basically what they are. They're de demonic, uh, you know, they're, they're there to protect, and they're usually portrayed kind of as a half dog, half dragon, half, you know, just as many scary animals as you can put together with a wolf-like mouth on them or uh, a dragon-like mouth. Like, you, you look them up, and again, there, there's no standard what you'd consider a gargoyle, but, you know, that's the name we've given it, and that's the look that it kind of has, and it's, yeah, there to fend off evil spirits or, or whatever its case is. This, this is not my area. I have no area of specialties. <laughs> I just... Yeah, I, I just uh, read a lot and watch a lot. That's where I kind of learned my stuff. But that's what I kind of understand from gargoyles. Just like the lion sitting at the end of your house is supposed to mean that your house is paid off. You know, there's there's many things that follow different cultures. I don't have a lion, that's for sure. No, but the, the cement one that, that you see out in front of people's houses, it means your house is paid off. And I think in some of the uh, Asian cultures, it's, again, there to protect the family. So the, the, there's, there's a lot of mythology up there. And to follow it all is, is very tough. Interesting. That's super interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, you, well, you say you're not a specialist, Mark, but you're, you have so much breadth that, uh, it's like, that's maybe your specialization is breadth. Now, Godspeed MMA, thanks for your super chat, says eels can have, oh, okay, this is interesting. They say eels can have electrical properties. Uh, they say dinosaurs could spit. Let's add oil and electricity. Hollow charged. Okay, so they're saying like, hey, what if you had? I mean, like, all you. So they're saying, hey, some point. animals have the Good ability point. to like uh, shoot out combustible liquids or uh, like oils or that beetle that has the fart or the spray that is combustible. And they say, and then some have the electrical properties. Maybe if you had that together, they say hollow charged bones. Leviathan is known in winged bugs. Oh, levitation is known in winged bugs. Sorry about that. No, it's not levitation. That 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 that's wrong. He's talking about um, bees. They think that it's acoustic levitation. It's not how it works. It's wingtip vortices that lift um, bumblebees off the ground. Been proven wrong. It was going around on Facebook like 10, 15 years ago that bumblebees fly by um, this acoustic vibration. No, nope, not at all. They they fly like any other animal that flies. It's wingtip vortices or high low pressure, and bumblebees just happen to be wingtip vortices. Um, as far as anything to do with chemicals, um, we're, we're all elect electric beings. We're, we're electric beings or 
or however you want to look at it, um, because we're chemicals. Any two dissimilar uh, chemicals will, will have a charge between the two. Um, that is just a fact. That's how we make potatoes into batteries. So no, we're not surprised that an animal can make any chemical. I, I'm not doubting a chemical. Um, spitting uh, basic alkalines or extreme acids do not surprise me. We have extreme acids in our stomachs. Um, producing electricity does not surprise me. It's, it's going to happen. Um, but the problem is, is when you're starting to produce something that, that is fire. So again, like you brought up methane, very reasonable. You eat a, a ton of grass, you're going to produce methane. Now you've got to ignite it, and there's kind of got to be a reason for it. There's got to be through evolution. What is the reasoning for this this fire breathing? You know, where does it come in handy on this this 20 foot long um, flying animal? Where where did fire kind of evolve into this, and why did it die with with this 20 foot animal? And there's nothing that we see before it. That that's kind of the problem that I have with the whole fire thing. I'm not saying it's impossible. Nothing's impossible. Uh, biology has proven us to us that nothing's impossible. Anyone that's ever seen um, an octopus lay on the, the, the floor of an ocean and change to exactly the colors that it's laying on top of wants to say something in biology is impossible. They're just, they're fooling themselves. Like that, that is one of the most amazing things we've ever seen. If you've never seen it, look it up. A dragon that large wouldn't be able to chase small rodents into their burrows but if yeah but what, what's the what's the advantage what's the advantage of a, a three ounce rodent to a 20 foot long uh, you know that's no, like that's I, like me eating mosquitoes of, of course i don't have a real good mechanism for eating mosquitoes because it would do nothing for me a groundhog or a uh, a fox would not be big just, enough no, no, no. He's, he's going to pick yeah, off Martha. Like I said, he's going he's, he's to he's pick off Martha on his on her way into church, and it's going to be written about poor Martha. She was walking to church, had on her Sunday best, and this dragon swooped down and breathed fire on her nader. I guess you could say well, that I, they they cooked their food yeah. first. I, I guess there that the first time that that an animal cooked its food. I don't know. I gave I gave you what you were looking for, Mark. <laughs> I gave it to you. In biology, I can accept anything as being possible. I really can, except for when it, it violates the laws of physics. Like if you want to get this 10,000-pound animal, not saying that a dragon lift weighed 10,000 pounds, but if it did, you know, I'm going to have a lot of problems getting that thing airborne. That's where I'm going to start to really doubt it. But biology can produce anything. Fire breathing, who, who's to say? Who's to say there? And really, if you're an honest person, and you're you're not afraid to put your neck out there. You know, biology could easily produce an animal within a certain amount of time. Surprised it hasn't by now. That that could breathe fire. I just don't believe it's happened yet. And we'd see other offshoots of it. That's that's kind of the thing. This one from Godspeed MMA says, "What about beetles with electromagnetic wings?" Electromagnetic wings. What what the heck that. is electromagnetic? Where are they getting this? Like, how are, how are they, <laughs> they getting electromagnetic wings? I'm going to have to look it up. I, I guess they're going to need yeah. some kind of a coil. And what are they doing? They're waving dissimilar materials over each other to get this this uh, movement of chart. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really can't say. There is a question for you, Benjamin, in the meantime. In particular, they say, how many legs did dragons have have multiple heads. Oh yeah, some uh, of them had lots of heads. 
Yeah. Um, multiple heads uh, don't have – that's probably right along the same lines of breathes fire maybe, but we really don't have a lot of evidence for multiple heads. In fact, the whole point of a head is to house the brain. And if you have something with, with lots of brains, I don't know, maybe. Uh, multiple heads I, I can't speak on. But for legs, I mean um, uh, Marco Polo's thing was two. Uh, we got reptiles with no legs. We got reptiles with four legs. So probably four legs. That's pretty standard for uh, for land dwellers. But could have been could have been two. Probably wasn't eight or something weird. Can I take a run at it? Yeah, sure. So we do have animals with many brains. Again, you go back to the octopus. Every one of its limbs has a separate brain to run that particular part of its body. So right. you know, again, in biology. You, nothing would surprise me. Somebody can say what they think is the most ridiculous thing and it actually comes out to be true. Now, if you were to say multiple heads, we already know that there's snakes out there with five, six, seven heads, but we know how it happens. You know, they, they're conjoined. Um, so if there's a multiple head dragon that ex actually existed, it's going to be a conjoined uh, twin that just got absorbed and ended up with multiple heads. Again, that's not something that's hard to grasp at. Um, again, I think the biggest problem of the whole argument that I think some people are missing is that these things lived within 6,000 years since the beginning, I guess, of everything 6,000 years ago, which is the part I disagree with. Uh, I could go as far as 60. Without, without Jewish, Jewish uh, genealogies and stuff will go, there could be some gaps. So I'm not 60 a strict 60,000. 60, I'm, I'm not a strict 6,000 or young earth creationist but yeah but six thousand sixty thousand six million it's all just as as honestly oh, yeah. ridiculous it's it's all you know you're you're not really adding any time for for the the view of, of yeah. evolution and and what we see as as far as geographically and stuff like that you know again yeah. you need billions, billions of years to fight my uh my my world view yeah i don't Ooh. agree it's ridiculous Ooh. obviously but um I hate to... but, you know i, I would concede it's peanuts compared to what you believe so yes yeah exactly Go ahead, james this one from godspeed mma strikes again says many ancient drawings with dinosaurs and humans coexist also god during creation could obviously fast forward what we understand as millions of years let's I think that's see mark I Me? think Mark, in terms of they're saying many ancient drawings well, of dinosaurs yeah. and humans. Well, God, God, God had to fast forward things um, substantially because we know that the uh, visible universe is what uh, thirteen point eight something billion years across. Um, we believe that past the the event horizon, we could be up to eighty billion years. There isn't even the time for light um, to get anywhere in the time of of uh, Benjamin's worldview of 6,000 or, or 60,000 years um, light in, in, in cause in, in as far as the universe goes is hellishly slow and there's just no way to get light to where it is and what we're seeing in the amount of time that he's talking about. So yes, God had to do some magical fast forwarding of a lot of things and I, I just I don't understand how anyone can think that any of this is reality. Um, because there's just no way that we see in physics to to have light coming in from such a distance within 6,000 years. Well, that's because the, the word magic doesn't help physics at all. But 
the word supernatural does and that it says it's superseding what's natural. So if you think of God as magical, of course, it's silly. But if you understand that God is supernatural, it does allow us to make logical sense of the situation being described. So I just push back against the magic word because it's false. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean I didn't mean that derogatory either. I, I really didn't. Sure. I, I that's that's not my style. But um, I, I do believe that anything that that you come up with and you consider it supernatural, um, that's that's where the big problem is. Is that we, we can't explain it. There's just no possible way to explain anything that's supernatural. So to try to come to a debate with something that is supernatural is automatically unprovable and it just doesn't work with science and that's where when you end up with people like myself and young earth creationists trying to to vent their views a lot of time it just turns into a shouting match we're all allow a lot of stuff that other people won't allow it, it doesn't upset me i've only ever been in one debate where i actually felt like i was uh, being trolled a little bit, and that was a flat Earth debate. So, you know, what what you're saying to me does not offend me at all. I, I I don't I can learn from what you're saying, and I hope you learn from what I'm saying. I hope everybody's takeaway is that wow, you know, he's right. Biology could produce anything. What you're saying is not far fetched as far as an animal existing that could fly, breathe, breathe fire. The works. I'm not saying that's not possible. Uh, th this this debate turned into is it possible that man's seen it and that's where we we separate this one coming in sure. from pseudonym says is godzilla kind of a dragon flying drop kick though <laughs> um godzilla's fictional you know this is a giant whale gorilla or whatever the actual japanese word means Godzilla was very um, lizard. He was he was a lizard, I believe, and he was he was pretty big. And I don't again. There's where I would argue. I draw the line on biology. Is just he's too big, and we don't see any intermittent. You know, nothing in between that kind of gets us to this 300 foot high lizard. We just you know all of a sudden he appeared. That would be my problem. Earth, I don't think Earth really has the ecosystem to support creatures that big imagine yeah. the food it would it would eat every blue whale in existence in like a week to survive yeah, and, and still be hungry yeah and like i that. think he breathed fire too i really do i think he breathed fire yeah godzilla would prove my case <laughs> if i could find him with that we want to say thanks everybody for your questions thanks for coming out tonight thank you most of all to our guests it's been a true pleasure to have you guys We'll let you go, but thanks everybody. And stick around, I'll be back in just a moment, giving you some quick housekeeping things about the channel. But one last thank you to our guests, Mark and Benjamin. It's been a true pleasure to have you tonight. Thank, thank you. you. Folks, I want to say thanks so much for being here. And a couple of quick housekeeping things. If you didn't know, we are trying out something new at Modern Day Debate as we are trying to put on a major event this fall. Did you guys know about that? For real, not making this up. In particular, as an example, we are considering like a Jordan Peterson or Ben Shapiro level of debate. So big time. This is something we've never done before. As a way of trying to get there, we are trying out some other couple of things. So one is, hey, if you haven't yet, check out our channel memberships. That's a way to support the channel. As we are currently, you could say, saving up to try to do this big event. And it's going to take that long of saving because we want to have a nice safety kind of safety net as we take a big leap 
into a brand new world, uncharted waters and putting on an event that big. So this is probably going to be like an 800 seat type of uh, speaking venue. It's going to be huge. I want to say, if you haven't yet, here's why channel memberships are cool. If you are in chat and there's ever slow mode on, you are immune to it. So we oftentimes have slow mode, especially when it's like a really big debate. I highly encourage you check out just 99 cents a month and you never have to deal with slow mode here at Modern Day Debate, which is awesome because we are going to have some big upcoming debates. Not only that, but if you hadn't seen it, beginning of the debate, we had mentioned, or I should say we had a card up that showed this, in particular, the bottom right of your screen, visible wireless. We are trying affiliate marketing. So if you are looking for a new phone service for your cell phone, check out the link for visible in the description box where it's only $20 a month for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and unlimited data, including unlimited hotspot data. It's amazing. Think about this. You're probably paying, now maybe I'm wrong, you're probably paying more than 20 bucks and you're getting, let's say, unlimited talk and text uh, and then maybe maybe limited data, at least it's maybe limited in the hotspot arena. But imagine if you were like, hey, you could not only get your phone service cheaper, if you want it, if you're like me, I'm a pretty frugal dude. I like the old phrase, waste not, want not. So for me, like I'm pretty thrifty. I, I shop at Aldi for my groceries and you could do this. Get rid of your Wi-Fi, use your hotspot from Visible, just 20 bucks a month. It's unlimited hotspot data. So you connect your computer or your smart TV to your hotspot just watch on your TV or whatever it is, your computer, do whatever you want to. And you can just use your hotspot and you don't even have to have Wi-Fi for the place you live. Amazing. So that's one way is like, hey, if you're wanting to save a few bucks, highly encourage you check out Visible Wireless in the description box. And we're excited for the future. So if you're considering, if you're like, hey, I'm shopping around. Yeah, I have been thinking about maybe changing my, uh, my carrier. Now's the time. Check out Visible. That's linked in the description box, including if you're listening via the podcast. Let's see. Philly3000 says, I tried to join, but it kept saying error in iPurchase. Let me, yeah, see. Let me see if I can figure out what, what that might be. I'm glad you let me know that. I'm going to try right now. So yeah, the link should work. Okay, so the link for me works, but I'm, I haven't tried purchasing yet. Let me try to click on this down below. So by the way, you get a better deal than I do. I pay $25 a month for their cheapest plan. You get it for $20 if you use our link below. So I highly encourage you. So if I click bring my phone, um, let's see, I've got an Android. Oh yeah, you have to check if your phone is eligible. So that might be it uh, in the live chat. Thanks for that feedback. I don't know for sure. I might be wrong about this. So forgive me if you already checked and you're like, nope, James, it's not it. Uh, then forgive me, Philly3000. It might be that your phone, you have to enter the info and see if your phone is compatible with their service. You have to enter your IMEI number. So, but let me know. Maybe it's not that and I'll try to figure it out, whatever it is. Said They said, but not only you, it seems like anyone I try to join. Oh, you mean the channel memberships? Okay, totally different than Visible Wireless. Huh, I don't know why it wouldn't let you. It should if the button's available. I think in countries where they don't have it, because like occasionally there's 
certain YouTube features like haven't been rolled out yet or they're maybe not allowed or whatever. The, like, so if you see the button, it should work. So I'm kind of wondering why that might be. Um, hmm. That's weird, man. I don't know. Let me see if I can find out uh, from, because, you know, if we're going to talk about it on stream and I'm going to encourage you guys to do it, then I should, let me try to like find that out. There is a YouTube lady that is like, I have a connection with where like I have meetings with her and she just answers questions that I have about YouTube. So um, I'm going to ask Ariel about Philly 3000. not being able to get a membership because i'll see if i can find an answer maybe she knows or otherwise i can check out on google maybe there's an answer for like common reasons for why it doesn't work because that's i believe you though i know that people have said sometimes that happens so i want to say thank you guys for all your support thanks for all your love seriously it means more than you know we're excited about the future i am going to go to walmart and get groceries no joke so i want to say thanks for your support I hope you guys keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable, and we will see you at the next debate. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.